A friend of mine um, reached out on Facebook, and he he'd asked he was asking for 52 of his friends to share their favorite verses with him. And he said, yeah, I'd like you know 52 people to share favorite verses with me, and he said, I'm going to focus on one each week throughout the year. He said, if I get more than 52, he said, I'll, you know, I'll simply uh, double up on them. And I thought, boy, it was, it was a good, I liked that. I liked that, um, that thought. And it started me thinking a little bit about some of the verses that guide me, some that have stood out and stayed with me. You know, now sometimes a verse stands out for the moment and they help you in a particular time and they fade away a bit. You know, that maybe you're going through something and, you know, and this verse just really helps you through that and kind of fades away. Not that it's unimportant, but it's not one that continually, uh, you know, comes up. But there are some verses that have continued to or repeatedly um, stand out over the long haul for me. You know, as they have done that today, I just want to share one of these passages with you that continues to guide me. Um, Pastor Kent asked me this week, uh, he came back on, on Wednesday, and that was good. And uh, just hit one of the, uh, Ron's playing with the controller. It's okay. It's just the bottom one, or the second, the third one down. Anyway, um, I lost my train of thought, but that's easy for me. Uh, you know, the, um, uh, oh yeah, Kent, Kent came back. That's right. How could I forget that? He asked me, uh, are you starting a new series? I said, not exactly. I said, but kind of. Um, so you, you see there, these are just verses that guide me. Um, it's going to be an interrupted series probably throughout the year. Uh, the next week is Sanctity of Human Life Sunday, and I wanted to focus on that, so I didn't want to start a different series and then interrupt that. Uh, so this will just be, you know, every once in a while we're going to have a sermon on some of these verses that, that, that guide me. I have a list of them on my desk because as I started thinking about it I, I started jotting down uh, what some of them are so you know an interrupted series we'll see how this works out let's pray he'll do the lights and then we'll go on Father thank you for your grace to us and your word to us I thank you so much for the way it's ministered to me sometimes uh, in a crisis and you have gotten me through some very tough times with your word and your truth, and I'm so grateful for those. Man, I really am. But I also think of those ones that guide over the long haul. And I so much appreciate those. Some of those anchors in my life, some of those places that you've allowed me to put down some stakes for guidance and direction. So as I just share a little bit what you've been doing in my life today, uh, perhaps you'll use that in the lives of those here. I know your word is powerful and effective. It is uh, very much what we need in our lives. Uh, So use your word and your truth to guide and direct, I pray. In Christ's name, amen. We're going to be in Proverbs uh, chapter 4. It's verse 23 in particular that um, sticks out to me. And that is one of those verses that really anchors my life. So if you want to turn to Proverbs chapter 4, it's on page 578 in the Pew Bible. 
what I was doing for what well, what I have done for a while in the past, and it's been a while since I since I've done this. It's been a number of years since I've done this. Is that in addition to uh, you know I I try to read different passages and and things, um, spend some time each day. This year, I think I mentioned last week, Pastor Kent and Sarah and Ginny and I are going through Psalms, the book of Psalms, and it's been really good. Now, January is easy to follow along because today is the ninth day of January. We read Psalm 9. Uh, You know, that was easy. Now, when we get into the other months, math will get involved, you know, and we'll have to figure out where in the world we are. And and no doubt one of us will, uh, or maybe all four of us, will be reading different passages and somebody will share. We, we have a thread going that we share some thoughts on back and forth on our phones. And no doubt one of us will look at it and say, what in the world were they reading? Um, but one of the things I was doing in addition to those for a number of years is whatever the date is, that's what book of Proverbs I would read. There's 31 chapters in Proverbs and 31 days in the longest months of the year. Yeah, and so like today I would read Proverbs chapter 9. And as I was doing that, some of these really stood out. Proverbs, the fourth chapter of Proverbs is one, um, you know, in verse 23 in particular that really uh, stands out. And as I look at this, the whole chapter of Proverbs uh, 4 is, is really very good. It's, very, it's full of very clear, practical advice. And I like clear and I like practical. Those I can relate to. Those, those really help me. When you talk to me in a nuanced way, it usually blows right by me. Uh, you know, but clear and practical is much better. And I think verse 23 really pulls this chapter together. So let's start with that. Follow along. Verse 23 it says, Guard your heart above all else, for it is the source of life. Now, if you have the Holman Christian Standard Bible, you will notice that there is a footnote there in the middle of that verse that is attached to the phrase, guard your heart above all else. Uh, The footnote tells you that that could read, guard your heart with all diligence. Now, if you're reading the English Standard Version, which is another one I really like, it says, keep your heart with uh, with all vigilance. New American Standard Bible, the Bible that I uh, did a lot of studying and still do, uh, but when I was at Moody, that was the Bible, uh, Moody Bible Institute, that was the Bible that, the official Bible, if you will, that we used. Uh, and in that New American Standard, it says, watch over your heart with all diligence. And the NIV, the 1984 edition of the NIV, is what I was reading through and it really got my attention in there. It says, above all else, guard your heart. Above all else. Well, the the Holman Christian Standard pulls in that same phrase, above all else. That puts quite quite a high importance on on things. You know, that this, on, on the list of important things in your life, this should be way up there. You know, way up there, above all else. Before you do anything, you know, make sure that what you're doing is something that is part of guarding your heart. I mean, you know, when God says above all else, I think that's something that should get our attention. Uh, so, you know, it's, you know, the placing a high priority on guarding your heart is the very clear message of this verse. You know, so we should place a high priority on guarding our heart. A high priority 
is something that gets your time and attention. A high priority gets your time and attention. It is not something that you just let slide by. It is not something that just gets dumped in with everything else. A high priority gets your time and gets your attention. So it's putting time in in guarding your heart, putting attention in in guarding your heart. You know, that there's an effort that's put there. If you, you know, Ken was in the Marines, Andy was, you know, some of you others were, you know, in different branches of the service, different branches of the military. And if you ever had um, guard duty, you were expected to pay attention. Now, and you want and you wanted the person guarding to pay attention. I mean, if you were in that base. Now, if you were, you know, if you were in Louisiana or something, it uh, may not have been as big a deal for you. Uh, you know, now I think it is a bigger deal, even in the States, than it was other places. But if you, if you were in a foreign country, or if you were with a, a, a group of infantrymen, or, uh, you know, a group that was moving along in battle, and at night you kind of camped down and you put guards out, uh, you, you wanted them to place a very high priority. You wanted them to put in a lot of time and a lot of attention. That there would be nothing else that would be getting in their way when they were doing that guarding. That's kind of a picture for us. You know, that high priority that you are putting in time, you are putting in effort, you know you are investing in it. It is getting your time, it is getting your attention. Now the message is clear in verse 23. The message is to guard your heart. I think the method for guarding your heart is where the rest of this chapter comes into play. Uh, the points today really come directly from these verses for me as I was reading through it. Um, my Bible is, has a lot of marks and underlines in, in this chapter here. Back up to verse 1 of this chapter for it with me, though. Verse 1 says, Listen, my sons, to a father's discipline and pay attention so that you may gain understanding, for I am giving you good instruction. Don't abandon my teaching. When I was a son with my father, tender and precious to my mother, he taught me and said, Your heart must hold on to my words. Keep my commands and live. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Don't forget or turn away from, my words, from the words of my mouth. Don't abandon wisdom and she will watch over you. Love her and she will guard you. Wisdom is supreme, so get wisdom. And whatever else you get, get understanding. Cherish her, and she will exalt you. If you embrace her, she will honor you. She will place a garland of grace on your head, and she will give you a crown of beauty. Now we're going to pause there, and I'm just going to share with you some of the things that I, I highlighted and underlined in my Bible and, and share with you why I did. Uh, th- this is a broad address. Notice what he says. It's addressed to my sons, plural. You know, he, he realized you know, that it was going to have a much broader audience than just his sons, but it, the importance of it was what he would be, uh, instruction that he would be giving to his sons. That is the importance he puts on it. And he says, listen, uh, you know, listen, my son, to a father's discipline. Now, some of the other translations have, you know, to a father's instruction. Um, technically, the word is, if, if you were to just to have that word and, and, and look it up by itself out of a context, you would put the word discipline in there most likely Uh, but we usually take that with a negative connotation when we think of discipline we think of it as negative connotation (coughs) nobody wants to be disciplined 
I mean, nobody, nobody, because we think of it as, as, as correction. Now, discipline certainly can include correction, but it is, it, it is a guiding in gaining knowledge. When you talk about, when you, when you talk academically, they talk about academic disciplines of what they are studying, of those areas in which they are working to gain that knowledge. You know, it, 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 it here, you know, it certainly, uh, you know, you, you learn as you pay attention for the purpose of gaining understanding. You know, you, you learn as you pay attention for the purpose, as it says there, to gain understanding. If we're real honest, sometimes we listen so that we can respond. Somebody's talking to us and we're listening to them just so we can respond. So we can make our point. So we can get them to see it from our point of view. Yeah, that, that's, I, I don't think you know, we're going to learn quite as much. And if we're real honest, sometimes we listen just so we can get it over with. You know, we listen just so we can get it over with. Say what you got to say so I can get on with my life. You know, we do that in conversation. We do that in conversation with people we love, even. And people we care about. We're not just talking about, you know, here that, that this is how we act with strangers. This is how we act even with people we love sometimes. We listen so that we can respond, so that we can get them to see our point of view. And sometimes we listen just to get it over with. You know, and, and, you know, this isn't what he's talking about when he's, when he's talking about that. You know, he says, pay attention so that you can gain some understanding. Because part of, you know, part of guarding your heart is to be willing to learn you know, be willing to learn. Pay attention for the purpose of gaining understanding. You know, be willing to learn. That means listening. That means listening to see how what God says applies to my life. I'm not just listening so that I can make my own argument, so that I can form my own idea and, and twist God's word to support my idea. I'm listening so that I can see how God's word applies to my life. And here too, we're not just listening to get knowledge. You know, it's not just listening, you know, so that we can know more, you know, and it's, and, and, and it's not listening thinking, well, this is, how, this is how Billy Bob could apply this to his life. You know, that, that's not it. I'm not listening so that I can see how somebody else can apply it to their life. I'm listening so I can see how I can apply God's truth to my living. How can I apply God's truth to my living? So I gain understanding. You know, being, being willing to learn and, you know, to live as a person who is being transformed. This is what it is. It's listening it's listening, you know, to live as a person who is being transformed by the forgiveness, grace, and love of God. To know that I am in process. And so I am listening to him. And that is part of how, how I guard my heart. I'm willing to learn. I listen to God, realizing that I am a person in process. Growth comes as, as you learn and live what you learn. You know, and so I'm listening, realizing that I am a person who is continuing to be formed by the grace, the love, and the forgiveness of God. 
everything that comes from God, it says here, you know, is good instruction. Some, some translations say good precepts, good teaching, sound teaching. So if you want to guard your heart, don't abandon God's teaching. I mean, that, that's what it says right there. You know, pay attention so that you may gain understanding. End of verse 2, don't abandon my teaching. Don't abandon God's teaching. Some translations say, do not forsake. Do not turn away. You know, do not turn away from it. Uh, you know, when, once you hear it and once you learn it and see how it applies to your life, then follow it. Don't abandon it. When you see how the connection is, then begin doing that. Begin letting that direct your life. Too many people abandon God's word by default. We ignore it. We can, we can say what it is. We get that knowledge. We, can, we might even have taken it through to application, and we can say what the application is, but then we ignore it. It doesn't move into my life. It doesn't move into my living. And you know, we, we really, that's ignoring it. You know, that, that's abandoning it. And, 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 and we can listen sometimes to twist it into how I want to live instead of how God calls me to live. And now some flat out walk away. You know, we've heard some things that God says and we just flat out walk away. You know, and again, you know, if that's you, walk back. If that's you, turn around, turn around and walk back to God. I mean, that's what repentance is. There's the whole picture of repentance. If you've been walking away from what God says, if you know it, you, know it, you heard it, you understood it, and you walk away, turn around and walk back. Go back to God and, and what He says. Don't abandon God's teaching. Embrace it. Verse 4 says, Your heart must hold on to my words. Keep my commands and live. Part of guarding your heart is keeping God's commands. Very clearly. Part of keeping your heart is keeping God's commands. Now certainly the Ten Commandments are a great place to start. And I will tell you, if you never violate the first commandment, uh, you know, the first commandment, do not have other gods besides me. Do not have other gods you know, before me. If you, if you never violate that first commandment, you will do quite well. You will do quite well. And I will tell you for myself and for many people, one of the gods we most often push ahead of God is the God of self. What I want to do. What I think I should be able to do particularly in a country that pushes forth, you know, puts really high value on, you know, my rights and my liberties. And we carry that and, and we, you know, we push that up to God. But if you don't have any other gods before him, you're going to do quite well. You know, and keeping his commands. Now, we're keeping his commands not because we're trying to win God's favor. You keep them not because you want something from God. You keep them not because you, you know, not because you feel you owe God something. And, you know, not, not because you want God to owe you. We're not making a bargain with God. That's not part of what keeping his commands is. You keep his commands because you have a relationship with God and that relationship is important to you. Because that relationship is important to you, you, you keep his commands. Because it's important to you, 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 you know, my life, I was thinking, you know, this last week, you know, my life would be um, really messed up 
if Jenny weren't in it. You know, she has, you know, she has helped me in so many ways. And by the person she is, helped me not to do some of the stupid things I sometimes think I would like to do. My relationship with God has kept me from doing many foolish and stupid things. I have a list. <laughs> I have a list of them that, you know, that I could do. I have a bit of a twisted sense of humor. And, you know, so even some of the things that I think are funny, um, God thinks it's abhorrent. And God tells me, you know, don't, don't be that kind of person. You know, so you keep his commands because you have a relationship with him. And that relationship is important to you. Important relationships affect our living. They affect our living. You know, there's no question about it. You keep his commands because you are being transformed more and more into the image of Christ. What he calls us to. You know, part of guarding your heart is keeping God's commands. All he has said, not just some of it, all that he has said. And as you learn more, as he, you know, as, as he works in your life more and you learn more, you, you'll be brought into a place where you find that you are obeying his commands. First John chapter 5, hit the wrong button there. First John chapter 5, by this we know that we love the children of God uh, when we love God and follow his commands. For this is the love of God that we keep his commands. He goes on, he says, and his commands are not burdensome. Hmm. For whoever has been born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. You see, the burden, the burden we sometimes feel is the weight of our desire to indulge ourselves. You know, that, that's the burden we feel. It's the weight of, of the desire to indulge our sinful nature. He says, you know, that if you love him, that you'll keep his commands, and his commands are not burdensome. You know, now he says, it's, you know, whoever has been born of God has overcome the world. A change has begun to take place. When we have that relationship with him, a change has begun to take place. And as that change takes place more and more in our life, as we grow in that relationship with him, we will see that sin is a burden. It's not his commands, it's the sin that is the burden. Keep God's commands and live. Find real life, full life, everlasting life. His commands, it says there in Proverbs, His commands will give you wisdom. They'll bring understanding. So don't turn away. Don't abandon wisdom. And He says if you're going to, if you're going to guard your heart, He says get wisdom and get understanding. Get wisdom and get understanding. That means you are going after these things. It doesn't mean that you sit there and all of a sudden, oh, well, there it is. No, it's that you're going after these things. It's that you're reading his word. It's that you're understanding it. It's that you're seeking. It's that, that God begins to tell you and help you to see more and more things in his word. Don't simply get information. Even good information is really useless if you do nothing with it. 
Good information is absolutely useless if you do nothing with it. He says, you know, to get understanding, get understanding of how God's word applies to you right now, where you are at right now, where you are at in life right now, where you are at in the location you are at right now. And after you, as you go after these things, you'll see God open up other areas that you hadn't even noticed. You will see and you will begin to understand some of those things and some of those questions that were there before. And when you get to a certain point, you'll say, ah, now I see. Now I see. Jenny and I were driving over to um, Marcy and Andy's house yesterday. We uh, finally got to do our family Christmas yesterday between illness and everything else you know it just so we were doing our family christmas and as we were heading over toward marcy's house i i noticed there were lights in the backyard of someone's house and i started to tell jenny boy i didn't notice that tree decorated like that before and as i was saying it we were driving along the road and as we were driving along the road i was getting a little different perspective on what this was back there and it wasn't a tree decorated at all and I, you know and then i said oh i had noticed that before what it is, I don't know what it has to do with Christmas. Um, it's a horse. It's the outline of a horse in lights. I don't know what it has to do with Christmas. And you can explain it to me, but I'll just be listening for you to be done talking. That's, I'll be, just be honest, you know. Uh, so, you know, but, but here's the thing. When I saw, when, as we were driving, as we were at a distance, and I was seeing the angle I was seeing it at, it just looked more like a, a jumble of lights. And I thought, oh, that, you know, they put lights on this tree. And as I was going along the road and got a different perspective on it, I could see then very clearly what it was. You see, sometimes when we're walking with God and we get wisdom, and sometimes it looks like there's, here, there's just this jumble of lights. And it's, oh, that's nice. But as we go along, as we continue along with God, as we continue to grow in that relationship with him, he gets us to a place and to a position where we can see now that makes sense to me. Now that makes sense to me. You know, we continue to grow. We continue to grow. We get wisdom and we get understanding as we continue to grow in our relationship with him. You know, as we continue to grow. Now, verse eight tells us, it says to cherish wisdom. Literally, you know, to lift up, to exalt, to esteem highly, to prize. That cherishes a word we use to describe. Oh, that's a different song. Uh, you know, but cherish is a, is a good word for that. You know, it's something that we value highly. Seeing the, the value and the importance of wisdom. That comes up often in Proverbs, over and over again. It's mentioned 68 times. Now we're not going to look at all 68 of them. Chapter 2 is a good one. It comes up over and over again in chapter 2. He says, My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, listening closely to wisdom and directing your heart to understanding. There, there's both of those parts again. He says, Furthermore, if you call out to insight and lift your voice to understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as if hidden treasure, is that how you... Is that how you approach God's word I mean do you look for it the same way that you would look for silver or for hidden treasure he says then you will you will understand the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God for the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding Proverbs chapter 5 verse 1 my son pay attention to my wisdom listen closely 
to my understanding. Chapter 8, doesn't wisdom call out? Doesn't understanding make her voice heard? Chapter 9, fear the Lord, excuse me, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. You see, it's wisdom, something you grow in. It's something that as you pursue and you grow in more and more. Proverbs chapter 15. The fear of the Lord is what wisdom teaches. And humility comes before honor. Proverbs chapter 16. Get wisdom. Get wisdom. How much better it is than gold. And get understanding. It is preferable to silver. Proverbs 28, the one who trusts in himself is a fool, but the one who walks in wisdom will be safe. And he says to cherish wisdom, get wisdom, cherish it. Specifically, he's talking about getting wisdom, getting understanding of God, his word and his way. And part of that is seeing worldly wisdom through the wisdom of God. It's, it's, seeing, it's seeing those, those things that you know, we learn you know, in, in this world, seeing them through the wisdom of God. And again, it's not just reading and knowing. It, you know, part, uh, part of guarding your heart is what he tells us there. You know, it's accepting God's word and holding on to his instruction. Accepting his word and holding on to his instruction. God's word is where wisdom is found. And God's word is the measure. God's word is the standard for wisdom. If it contradicts or ignores or repudiates God's word, then it fails to be wisdom. If it ignores God's word, it fails to be wisdom. If it, if it goes against God's word, if it contradicts God's word, it fails to be wisdom. If it repudiates God's word, if it, if it you know, looks at God's word as if it's foolishness, then it, it fails to be wisdom. Now, you need, to hold, you, know, you need to hold on to it because we have an enemy that would like to loosen your grip on God's word. We have an enemy that would, would like you not to take God's word so seriously. He did that way back in the beginning. He challenged Eve's understanding of the clear word of God. It says, Now the serpent was the most cunning of all the wild animals that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you can't eat from any tree in the garden? Are you sure you heard that correctly? Certainly that's not what God said. You see, he wants her to question God's word. The woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit from the trees in the garden, but about the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden, God said, You must not eat it or touch it or you'll die. It seems she added a little bit to what God had said there, you know, but she's responding, you know, and, and, and trying to defend as the enemy goes on. He says, No, you will not die. What's he doing? He's repudiating God's word. He is saying that is not true. He is calling God a liar. No, you will not die, the serpent said to the woman. In fact, God knows that when you eat of it, you know, your eyes will be open to you. And you will be like God, knowing good and evil. This is a tragedy right here. Then the woman saw that the tree was good for food and delightful to look at. And then the woman bought the lie. And said that it was desirable for attaining wisdom. 
So she took some of the fruit and she ate it. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her and didn't bother to step up and defend his wife and didn't bother to step up and lead as he should have. And he ate it. You see, we have an enemy that wants us to loosen our grip on God's Word and not to take it so seriously and to begin to make up our own understanding and our own interpretation of what God's Word clearly says. We need to accept God's Word and hold on to instruction. Don't twist it. Don't deviate from it. Don't weaken it. Don't water it down. Look at the warning in Proverbs chapter 4 there. Look, drop down to verse 14. This is just a warning to me of what we've just been looking at. Verse 14. Don't set foot on the path of the wicked. Don't proceed in the way of evil ones. Avoid it. Don't travel on it. Turn away from it and pass by it. For they can't sleep unless they have done what is evil. They are robbed of sleep unless they make someone stumble. They eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. The path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, shining brighter and brighter until midday. But the way of the wicked is like the darkest gloom. They don't know what makes them stumble. See, accept God's word and hold on to his instruction to guard your heart against the wicked who want you to follow them on evil who want you to follow them along and join with them in the evil. From verses 20 to 22, to guard your heart, listen closely, and don't lose sight of God. Don't lose sight of His Word. You see, we don't listen closely and we lose sight uh, when our attention is on something or someone else. You know, we, we, when our attention is on something or someone else, we don't, we, we, we don't listen closely and we lose sight. I've told you before, conversations Ginny and I have had, you know, and she can look at me right in the middle of that conversation. And even though I'm looking right at her and she said, you're not listening, are you? Or we can have a conversation and I can even respond to her and then she'll say something and I'll have to stop and I'll have to say, say that again and I'll listen this time. Because what we do is we get, we get involved you know, and, and we, we don't listen closely. We lose sight because our attention is on something or someone else. It can be another person. It can be a job. For me, it can be a squirrel. Uh, you know, it can be anyth- anything that gets it. It can be your hobby, you know, your, your, your pursuits that you have. I stopped running marathons because they were t- it was taking up too much time to train for that. And it was taking time away from what I, you know, from what I really wanted to be able to be doing, to be able to not only follow God more, but to be able to do some of the things that God had called me to, and to be able to train for the marathons. I couldn't, I couldn't continue to do that. You see, there's nothing wrong, there's nothing sinful with running a marathon, you know. But the whole point is, we can, you know, we can invest our time, and sometimes we can let those things get in the way, and we stop listening closely. We stop. We get to the place where we lose sight. It can also be our laziness. I just don't want to. Or it can be our own ambitions, our own desire. I think I'd rather do this. Let me remind you again. 
I have never, ever regretted following God. Not one single time. There have been times where I thought that I might want to do something else. I, might th- I, th- I thought that I might want to do something differently. But I didn't. Instead, I chose to follow God, and I have never, ever regretted it. In fact, what I have found is as I have done that and walked further along, there was greater joy than what I would have had, what I would have, what I would have traded for earlier with momentary and, and fleeting stuff. And, you know, and that whole thing, you know, when, you, when you lose sight, you, you do lose sight when you, you know, when you get too far away or when too many other things block your view. That's when you lose sight. Guard your heart above all else, for it is the source of life. Place a high importance on guarding your heart. And to do that, be willing to listen. Don't abandon godly teaching. Keep God's commands. Get wisdom and understanding. Accept God's word and hold on to his instruction. And listen closely to him and don't lose sight of him. Now, if you want to see how well you're doing in guarding your heart, look at verses 24 through 27. Don't let your mouth speak dishonestly and don't let your lips talk deviously. Let your eyes look forward. Fix your gaze straight ahead. Carefully consider the path of your feet and all your ways will be established. Don't turn to the right or to the left. Keep your feet away from evil. In, in my Bible... There's three, three words that I underlined. Mouth, eyes, and feet. And look what it says. You know, your mouth speak, your eyes look, and the path for your feet. These verses remind me of how Satan tempted Eve. What we looked at here a minute ago. Uh, you know, it also reminds me of First John chapter 2. It says, for everything that belongs to the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of one's lifestyle, it's not from the Father, but it's from the world. If you want to know how well you are guarding your heart, if you really want to know how well you're guarding your heart, ask yourself three questions and answer them honestly. You know, or, or, or if you're brave enough, if you're brave enough, ask someone, ask someone who loves you enough to be honest with you. Ask someone who loves you enough to tell you the truth in a loving way. You know, and, and, you know just these three questions from these verses here. What's coming out of my mouth? What is coming out of my mouth? Is it honoring God? Does it really edify Him? Is it true? Is it honest? Is it of good report? Is it sin? And there's not just... It's not just the words. Sometimes it is the words. But it's also, you know... You know, gossip's sin. Slander is sin. What is coming out of my mouth? Second question... What are my eyes looking at? What are my eyes looking at? Does that honor God? Is that building me up? Is that drawing me away from God? Is it sin?
so much. There. The third question. What is the path I am following? My mouth, my eyes, my feet. What is the path I am following? Does it honor God? Is it building me up? Is it drawing me away from God? Is it sin? A verse that guides my life. Guard your heart above all else. For it is the source of life. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your grace to us in giving your word, in giving your direction, in giving your instruction, in giving us people who can come alongside and help us, help us to see you a little bit more clearly, help us to follow you. I thank you for the time together to look into your word, and as your word has looked into us, I ask that you help us not to ignore it, not to walk away from it, but to think deliberately, to think deeply about these things. That we might be people who would say that we indeed are guarding our heart because it's important. And our heart is committed to you. Draw us deeper, we pray. In Christ's name, amen.